Good morning, everyone. Um, Today, I have the true honor and privilege of introducing your chapel speaker, who is one of my dear friends. Um, Jessica is a senior animal science major. You have probably seen or noticed around campus. I'm guessing many of you have noticed her because of her cute curly hair or her overalls that she likes to wear, Um, which if you are wearing some overalls in support, please gather in the back for a picture afterwards. Um... Or you might have seen her helping me lead the RAs at KR and the courtyards. But I'm really excited because today you get to see Jessica in a different way. Um, Today, Jessica is being brave and courageous, and she's being obedient to the Spirit. And so I ask that today you show her all of your respect and all of your love as she comes up to the stage. So, welcome, Jessica. I was 16 years old when I looked at pornography for the first time. Unfortunately for me, it would not be the last. In fact, it would start a years-long struggle with addiction to pornography. Throughout the whole journey, and there's a lot of it, there's been a lot of incredible highs and victories and joys, but there's been a lot of really low and scary places too. But for limited time, I'm only going to talk about one of those places today. And if I had to talk about the one that was kind of the scariest and the lowest for the longest, I'd talk about that first year. See, so it started when I was a sophomore in high school. I thought I could look one time. thought it wouldn't be a big deal. I was curious. What did it matter? Well, one time turned into many, many times. I couldn't stop. But it didn't matter. I didn't care. It was fine. Nobody had to know. It wasn't really even an issue, was it? Well, that was a lie. It actually sucked, and it sucked a lot. Um, Going into my junior year, I was finally able to realize that I hated where I had ended up. I hated the way I felt. I hated the isolation that I had put myself in. I hated the despair that I fell into, all while refusing to acknowledge that despair. It was awful, and it was lonely, and it was scary. And I wanted so desperately for something to be different, for anything to change except my addiction. I still wasn't ready to give that up. So I did the only thing I thought to do, and I went back to church because I hadn't been going in a long time. Fun fact about Jess, um, if I have a job, I'm going to show up for it. So I thought I'd trick myself into showing up to church. I gave myself a job. I became a greeter at the youth group I attended. And there I was. Every Sunday, rain or shine, didn't matter how I was feeling, didn't matter if I had looked at pornography literally hours before, I was at the doors. And something crazy started to happen. Every message I heard Every person I spoke to started to break down all of the walls I had built up around myself that I didn't even realize were there. Fun fact, pornography is never the actual issue. It's a symptom of the issue. It's a very big symptom, um, but a symptom nonetheless. Not only did all those messages start to speak to me, but it was the first time I had ever heard anybody speak about pornography in church. Like three different people stood up that year. Some of them were my peers, my classmates. I started to feel something I hadn't felt in a long time. I started to feel a bit of hope. 
I could tell somebody. They did. That's when the lie changed. If you're tracking up to this point, there's been two lies before this that kept me in the dark. The first, I have everything under control. It's fine. It's not an issue. Lie. The second was, okay, this is awful, but I don't think I could ever actually get better. I'm not even sure that I want to. Lie. I saw people who had gotten better, and I wanted to be one of them. All I had to do was tell somebody. But the lie said, you? tell someone? Don't you see you're different than those people up on stage? Okay, well, that's dumb. How am I different? We grew up in the same church. We struggle with the same thing. How am I different than them? Well, you're different because you're a woman. Don't you know that if you say anything, they'll never look at you the same? Don't you know that if you say anything, They'll see how disgusting you are. The lie paralyzed me. I do want you to hear that, though, before I continue. It was a lie. And if you're hearing that voice now, call it for what it is. Because that is not truth. In those really dark nights that followed that paralyzing lie, I would sit in the dark of my room, having just watched whatever I was going to watch for the night, feeling awful about myself, And my logic brain, which usually gets me into trouble, but this time helped out a little bit, said, you can't be the only woman in the whole world to struggle with this. Maybe you're one of two women, but still not the only woman, right? And so I would sit in my room and I would imagine, I would imagine that I was five, 10 years in the future, that I had somehow moved past all of this ick And I was sitting in front of a bunch of women telling them what I had learned. Telling them that they weren't alone. That it wasn't just them. Little did that just know that what at that point I thought could only be imagination. Six years later, not only would I be standing in front of a bunch of women. I would be standing in front of an entire auditorium filled with my peers, mentors, teachers. Looking them all in the eye and telling them. Struggling with pornography is not just a guy thing. It's not. It's an everybody thing. And we don't say it enough. And because of that, Satan is able to twist that and keep us locked in that darkness. And that's a scary place to be. I get to stand before you all today and tell you that it's actually one in three visitors of pornographic sites that are women. At least. Those are all estimates. Any statistics that you look up. I would argue are an undershoot, right? Because who's actually going to admit to something like that? The numbers are staggering even in of themselves. It's a scary thing to be alone. I was 17, spring of my junior year, when I told somebody for the first time. I had been listening to a speaker that day that said, you can never impact anybody else's story unless you're honest about your own. Well, that about knocked me over. See, I'd become very attached to those imaginary women that I spoke to every night. Um, I felt all of their pain because it was just like my pain, just like my loneliness, except magnified because in that moment it was all of us and nobody was speaking to us. And maybe at least I had a bit of hope because I could at least have the strength to imagine it's possible that they didn't even have that 
So I told someone. I told a small group of friends, one mentor that I trusted. I said it out loud for the first time. I struggle with pornography. I wish I could say that in that moment, poof, cured. I was never tempted again. It was fantastic. Ooh, so fun. Um, no, that's not the truth. I would continue to struggle with it for years. But I could see something that I hadn't seen before. All of those times, sitting alone in the dark, terrified out of my mind that that was going to be my, my reality for forever, there was somebody standing next to me. I'm a big believer that God speaks in silence. He's been calling me to that a lot recently, um, which has been a struggle in of, in of itself, but not during that season of my life. He was standing right next to me the entire time, screaming my name, just asking me to look at him, to see the light that was right next to me, telling me I'm not alone. But I couldn't look. If I look, he'll see. He'll see that dark, twisted thing in me that I can't bear to look at. How could I look at him? How could any of us look at him? I don't know what your dark thing is, but I know you have one. Maybe it is pornography. Maybe it's drugs, alcohol. Maybe it's not an addiction at all. Maybe it's a struggle with mental health issues, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's some secret trauma that you've experienced that you hold so close to yourself and the thought of anybody ever finding out wrecks you, terrifies you. I don't know what your dark thing is, but I know you have one. And I also know something really crazy really scary, but some of the most freeing things that I ever heard and that I hope you hear now. God sees your dark thing too. He sees all of it, all of its mangled mess, and he's still standing right next to you, shouting your name, just asking you to look, just asking you to see the light that's been right next to you the whole time. It's the first step. There's a lot that come after that, but that's the first one. I know this is all a lot. Maybe you walked into chapel today and we're like, ooh, there's no podium. Best friends chapel, yes. Um, and then I got up here and started talking about something else and you're like, oh goodness, I wasn't ready for all of that today. And now it's drudged up some emotions, maybe some other things. And now you have to go to class. That's kind of gross. Class is great. I love class, but you know, emotions. I know a lot of you will shove all this back down because I would have, I would have shoved it all back down to my very center. I would have walked out that doors, gone back to class and done my very best to forget everything that I had just heard. I would have gone straight back to my room and sat in darkness all over again. And I would have been so scared. My prayer for all of you in this room is that you don't go back and sit in the darkness by yourself tonight. Maybe you don't, you won't tell somebody today. Maybe you won't tomorrow. Maybe it'll be a year or many years before you're ready to speak that dark thing out loud. But the whole time, he's standing right next to you. And he'll stay. No matter how long it takes, he'll stay. And not only that, he'll put people in your life to remind you that he's standing right there the whole time.
Don't go back to your room tonight and sit in darkness. Tell somebody, a friend, an RA, faculty, staff. The counseling center is amazing. Counseling in general, amazing. There's also a really cool group, real quick, um, called Celebrate Recovery that meets at Broadway Church. I attend every Thursday at 7. If you're curious, come talk to me. We can ride over together because it's not just for addiction. It's for everything. It's for every dark thing that God's just chomping at the bit to shine a light on. I love you all a lot. Don't sit in the dark. Y'all are dismissed. Dismissed.